0: Welcome to KefaruCast, everyone. It's uh, not so bright and early, uh, 9 a.m. I don't even know what day it is. I've been turkey hunting, and it doesn't really matter because we're on lockdown. Um, I've got Brian call on the podcast with me. We uh, did a podcast on on his podcast yesterday and uh, figured I had to watch my language and be on my best behavior. So we figured we'd do one here so I don't have to do that. Uh, Brian, thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, man. Good to see you.
0: Yeah, you too. We've already talked for probably uh an hour already so hope. <laughs> but not re- recently i really don't want to focus on anything too much on here other than hunting and shooting shit so we re- recently had some some issues not between the two of us directly because brian and i haven't talked in a while but um i called brian and we worked things out and and, and talked about it uh you can go listen to brian's podcast if you want to hear all about that unless you want to talk about it some more brian
1: No, I'm good, man. Yeah, I I like this whole uh, start fresh, look forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I will say, you know, as far as Brian and I did have a bit of a, a, well, not a bit, we had a falling out. It also had to do with some other individuals, but um, we're kind of wiping the slate clean. You can hear about that on his. Again, I don't really want to talk about it, but since Brian and I haven't really conversed, well, we conversed a shitload in the last day, but much over the last (laughs) year or so, we just figured we'd uh, talk about current issues and uh in the world today and uh juicy smoulier uh, along with the coronavirus
1: <laughs> yeah dude i uh i know we haven't talked in i don't know a year maybe until yesterday so it's good I-, I was wondering what you thought of the whole juicy smoulier thing because uh i know you watch all the comedian stuff because mostly because just, of amy that.
0: but yeah amy watches it more than me believe it or not but i watched uh dave Chappelle. i'm big Chappelle fan obviously Rogan and in uh, Bill Burr um, and uh, a couple other ones I can't remember which are all pretty funny but uh <laughs> what I can't say I'll get plagued as a racist even though I'm repeating what a black guy said but when Dave Chappelle <laughs> talked about that whole situation I was laughing you know so hard because truly one like what goes on in a guy's mind to to do that like I think he said, like it was a bunch of white dudes wearing MAGA hats that uh, beat the hell out yeah, of them. Yeah, in make a polar
1: vortex. Out. What's that? Yeah, in a polar vortex. In a polar vortex in Chicago, when he went out at like two a.m. to, to get a subway sandwich. Yeah, yeah, and it ended and he up. He didn't being... drop the sandwich, Aaron. He got beat up, but he <laughs> didn't drop the sandwich.
0: Well, he uh, and it was it ended up being Jamaicans, wasn't it? Or did he make the whole thing up? Nigerians, I... Nigerians, two
1: Nigerian which... guys.
0: I don't know if you've been to Nigeria. They are black, black. They are the farthest thing from white. They are like Wesley Snipes black.
1: Yeah, he had the rope around his neck, and they sprayed him with bleach. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, and they said, this is MAGA country. Yeah. So the whole thing was, what I liked about Chappelle, though, is he's like, the public was saying, well, why isn't the black community saying something? outraged. You know, about this. Yeah. And he's, he's like, what they didn't know was we were doing him a favor. Because we knew that dude was lying.
0: <laughs> you got to wonder what's going on on a guy's mind to to do that. Because, I yeah. mean, it is it is what it is. Whether you like you know Trump or not, or you know, you're. I don't get involved in politics. I got buddies like that don't like Trump. And I got buddies that do, and then I've got neutral, you know, or in whatever. And then yeah, you know, most a lot of people vote off of one specific Second Amendment, for example. And then there's other people that you vote for different reasons. And so, you know, for me, I've just found it easier because I don't want to lose good friends because of a political issue or debate. And quite like with Trump, I like Trump, but he can be very rude. Yeah, he's not a very pleasant. I think he's funny. Right. But needs to stay off of Twitter. Um, He's funny. You know, and I watch (laughs) his uh, press conferences Well, and and I I get along with Junior pretty well. We converse back and forth on social media, and and that says something because he and I became friends because he asked me questions about traditional archery because he was having fletching issues. So this says something about who he is, but I hate to ever talk about it because there's no way, unless you're, maybe if you're in Texas at a hunting camp, everybody's going to agree they love Trump. But you go anywhere (laughs) else, there's going to be drama of who you like and who you don't like. And I just did a, a podcast with the BHA and SCI and the BHA hates Trump, right? The board members. Um, they're far, mm-hmm. they're pretty far left. SCI they're I can't speak for all of them. Obviously they're more of a Trump yeah. fan. And so, you know, I'm looking at like, like one of the guy, the chairman of the board for the BHA has like hateful Trump shit on his social media page. Right. And he's got a fake page too, that he really bashes them and so (laughs) i'm like all right i'm just you would have been proud i was as neutral as i could be when i did the bha (laughs) podcast because i don't well you know how i work like i as far as like photography there's a lot of guys i i go on these photo shoots with that are not me at all i mean they're definitely they hate trump far left but i just kind of don't say much right i don't really you know
1: well on the on the Jussie Smollett thing, what's what I found interesting? You know, you asked her a minute ago, what goes through a guy's mind? I honestly think he's just in a bubble. You know, he's got this certain amount of wealth. He's on the show Empire, which I've never seen. You know, and you know he's in this Hollywood TV kind of world. And to think you could do that and trick all the rednecks that, and all the like, Chappelle said. He smelled it in the air. Like he knew right away that this was a lie. Yeah. Like you you know a lie when you hear a lie. You'll oh, call yeah. it out like in two seconds. Mm-hmm. You live in the real world, and you're like, no, I'm sorry. You didn't hold on to the Subway sandwich. No one said this is MAGA country. No one put a rope around your neck and sprayed you with bleach in Chicago. You know. So when I
0: first heard the story, didn't. Chicago was the big one. That's a heavily black community, right? The other thing, too, is you think about— rewind several years. You could get in fist fights or what you're probably going to get shot nowadays. There's, you know what I mean? Like there's more. Yeah. And so to pick him out, you know, out of a crowd who's on empire, who's going to walk to subway at two in the morning. Right. Not, you know, not, not many people that much money. And no. so there was a lot of like holes in it and I'm hearing parts <laughs> of it. And I was, Amy asked me and she's like, you think that happened? I'm like, no, no fucking way. And I said, one, For that to happen, it would have had to have been different circumstances completely. Mm -hmm. Like, if you were Mm -hmm. casing the joint, so to speak, (laughs) right? You you knew where he was going to be. But out of the blue, guys knew he was going to Subway at 2 in the morning that had bleach and a spray bottle and and MAGA hats, right, or whatever. So I – anyway. A noose. Yeah, Yeah, and a noose. And you know what, dude? I know how to tie a noose. You know
1: how (laughs) – not many people do, right? Like – you know, Right. You know what's funny, though, is Aaron – You have to be so out of touch to think that people are that dumb, and that they're going to fall for that story. You have to really live in a weird bubble.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: And I think that's what, like Ricky Gervais, you know, when he got up there and roasted them all, uh, all the Hollywood actors, um, and said, you know, hey, if you're going to come up here, just don't tell everybody how to be moral. You know, just take your little award, thank everybody, and get down. Yeah. I, I think you know. That much wealth and that much uh, fame kind of just makes you out of touch with uh, the real world.
0: Yeah, here's oh, it definitely does. Here's the one that says, uh, "Juicy Smule claims two Chinese men in MAGA hats coughed on him," and it's uh, that's the one I was telling you about on the. the, the,
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was Trump (laughs) Jr. Yeah,
0: yeah, but you're. I mean, you're right. The one guy, it was funny. The what's his name? The comedian's like, "Don't get up here. We just accept your award." You look at all these people that said Trump will never be president. Trump will never be president. Like, all these guys who are all eating shit now. And then, what's his name on Star Wars? He was a Marine. Good Lord, what's his, uh, whatever the new bad guy is who kind of turns into a good guy. He's a Marine, and they're filming him, and he's laughing uncontrollably at what that guy (laughs) says. And Tom Hanks is like, you know, whatever. And, you know, it's true if you— if you have a, a platform and, and you talk about the the starving or you talk I get it like I can understand that like you want to help feed the hungry whatever but you get up there and you're like don't vote for Trump it's like really I mean it, I I could see want to watch I your, it
1: I just want to watch your movie and but we were talking about this yesterday on my podcast all this social media stuff tends to it seems to uh, seems to polarize the everyone like you're one side or the other instead of bringing people together can be, there's a lot of internet warriors out there, I guess.
0: Yeah, there is. And I think that, um, I, for me personally, and I'm way more confrontational, I probably should be, but I, my thing is, um, even if it has to do with Kafaru in um, a customer service deal is before you call customer service, you complain on the internet when you could just call and we'll, fix your problem right <laughs> like right. If, if we totally like, screwed up or i mean yeah. I but if if we've done you wrong i get it but it's like okay your pack doesn't fit did you did you everyone on the planet has my number i didn't want to bother you and i'm thinking well you're really fu- you're really fucking bothering me now like I now i gotta you. you know i gotta deal with all this so you didn't really do me any favors by not calling me so <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i was going to ask you another question another event did i know you, you're a huge fan of Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Did you see that podcast with, with Joe Rogan and Robert Downey Jr. where he interviewed him about blackface? No, and, I, and he was,
0: I didn't. I should watch it.
1: Oh, it was pretty good. I think you'd like it. He, yeah, and he was asking him, you know, could you get away with that today? Yeah. You know, could you make a movie like that today? You know, and they, they had a little talk about it. I, don't, I actually don't know when they recorded that show. I, I stumbled across it at some point in the past year and um, it was it was pretty cool and he was they were kind of saying yeah no I mean that that's something that unfortunately and a lot of comedians have said the same thing they can't they, they can't say what they want to say or at least it comes with a lot of backlash you know kicking Kevin Hart out because he said something you know slightly gay. gay yeah yeah it's like it when we become that sensitive, dude, how can we get along? You know, Rogan, and, Rogan and so
0: says that he said political correctness is, is killing comedy. Uh, it's what he says. Yeah. Hey, while we're talking about Rogan, I'm pulling this up. Did you hear? Mm-hmm. So I'll just tell my version of the story. Um, I'm sitting, I'm in Canada. This is when that bear charged me. I shot. And, uh, yep. Kevin Smith, silent Bob, who I listen, I watch all his movies and sits by me in an in airplane. And he's stoned yeah. out of his gourd. And it uh, stinks like high heaven. And I looked at him. I'm like, are you silent, Bob? Because he's lost some weight. He had a heart attack or something. And he's, he shakes yeah. my hand. Kevin Smith, how you doing? I said, dude, I've watched every one of your movies a million times. We converse for a minute. And uh, I told him I was bear hunter. He goes, I know a hunter. And I'm like, oh, yeah, who's that? He goes, Joe Rogan. And I'm like, oh, I, I know Joe. He's like, oh, cool. I say, yeah, Joe's a good guy. And the end, I thought he passed out. So- I'm trying to get Frank laid, right? So yeah. the stewardess is, is good looking. And I look back at Frank and I'm like, Frank. And and Frank doesn't talk a whole lot, as you know, and so I strike up a conversation trying to push this, you know, get chick towards Frank. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, he does a podcast with Rogan and tells this whole story on Joe Rogan's podcast. Says my name multiple times, and I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Like, did you hear it? No, I didn't. Okay, I'm gonna I missed that one. Okay, I'm gonna pee here in a second. I'm gonna pull this up and just play it while I'm going to the bathroom and yeah. and, la- and you can listen because it's pretty funny. Um give okay. me a second here because uh I literally crapped my <laughs> pants, my phone went off like crazy you can imagine when it went off, but hold on one sec here. They're almost there. But yeah, I couldn't believe they talked about this on the podcast. And he's very detailed on the whole conversation.
1: That's crazy though. So he was on um the plane
0: Yeah, in in Prince George for Comic-Con up there.
1: Really what a weird oh, right.
0: coincidence. All right, here we go. Yeah, nice guy. But here's what I want to pass on. All right. Like we were on a
2: 45 Like, guy? Oh yeah, my
0: fair guy. Can you hear that? Nice guy. But here's what I want to pass on.
2: Like, we were on a 45-minute flight, maybe. Right. Super smooth. Like, in, and not in the way of, like, hello, I'm Lando Calrissian. But this dude had a thing, like, uh, like, a repartee. Not like he wasn't, like, having sex with somebody, but he had a a repartee going with the flight attendant that was so effortless. And, you know, I was sitting next to him, and we chit chatted before the flight, and I'd, I'd mentioned something about fucking joe rogan he goes I, I know joe rogan and he talked about like hunting, blah 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 but in any event for the rest of the flight i had like a front row seat for him talking to the flight attendant <laughs> and it was like it was a real clinic in like oh like he's got that thing that like i i've had to make up for not having my whole life by You're being like talk to people he, well not even just talk to people like like the way, like you watch like a fucking movie star say two things and the, the people are like, oh, you, you're like, he just had this person in the palm of his hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm being very careful because I don't want it to seem like, like he was making the moves on it. He, he wasn't. But he easily could have been with that person by the flight's end. And Whoa. it was just as I sat there watching it going like. I've had to make up for a deficit my whole life be like, here, here's some funny things, and hey, I saw Star Wars and talk about all this other shit to try to trick somebody into fucking me. This guy just, like, sits down on the plane and was like, what's up? And she was like, oh, you, and instantly started going, talking to him. And I was trying to discern throughout the whole flight. Did they know each other? Does he see her on this flight often or something? No, dry. He hit that flight as dry as anybody else and literally could have walked away. Hand in hand with somebody. It was very impressive. He's got bow hunter confidence. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's what it is. It's
0: gotta be. Yeah, it's the same not, thing you exude. He's not even a regular bow hunter. He's like a super advanced bow hunter where a compound bow was too easy for him. He said that. Well he said that. So he, he switched like over to a recurve bow. Yes. So he has to get closer to animals and he has to a, practice more? He was explaining <laughs> so that. My friend Aaron Schneider. He's a little bit crazy.
2: Without even, he was explaining that, and it didn't sound braggy. Well, he's like, got a really
0: good podcast. It's a he podcast said that. called he Kafaru Cast. What's it called? Kifaru, K-I-F-A-R-U. It's a, it's a company that he works for that makes really high-end hunting and hiking backpacks and military backpacks, and uh, he does a podcast through them. He's he's very good at it. He's very good at talking. He's he's a Uh, funny dude. I can
2: fucking attest to it. I sat there and watched him be. He's got that bowhunter confidence. Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's been swagger his
2: whole life. Like there was nothing about him that instantly. I mean, he was definitely very macho. But there was nothing about his thing that was like i'm a guy's guy it wasn't even that like honestly that flight attendant probably could have been a guy and if aaron was just as interested in (laughs) short row short range bow hunting he would have landed that guy as well like he was very i don't know it was good like when he said i do a podcast too it made sense i was like i bet you do yeah
0: smart dude so anyhow uh so that's wild we're driving amy and i to go shoot and she you know brings up hey, how'd that flight go on the way home? And I was like, uh-huh. yeah, it's good. Said, whatever." And, you know. And I, she's like, did you um, talk to anybody? I said, yeah. And I said, there was a stewardess. I said, I was trying to get Frank laid, but he fucked he it up. And uh, she's like, yeah, I listened to uh, Joe Rogan and Kevin Smith and immediately was like, fuck. <laughs> I wonder what they said. So
1: <laughs> it was funny. You know, it's funny. Like, I know this about you. Like I've always, when we when we would travel, especially, or go to a restaurant or stop and eat, you are like you're checking luggage, right? You're bringing a rifle into an, another country. You're really good at just making people feel comfortable. Uh, you're talking to that one person, they're like, "Oh, you're free to go. Take your weapons and all your gear." And the next guy that comes up with a sour face, they're like strip searching him. You know, you always got through. That kind of stuff and charmed people. It's, what's crazy too, Aaron, is, you know, I've seen that so many times. I know exactly what he's talking about. You're an enigma because in a big, huge crowd, like at a trade show. Oh,
0: yeah, everybody thinks I'm a dick because I don't smile. It's <laughs> weird and awkward. <laughs> yeah. And
1: then in that situation, you're charismatic and, and carry it. It's just a, you know.
0: I do well yeah. in high pressure situations. I will say that. Like, I don't ever
1: panic yeah if and you have it, to speak in front of a crowd you're better than if you're just hanging out in a big crowd
0: yeah i don't do well with that and and a lot of it is you know uh maybe if i did it more it would be you know better but i don't like i don't mind speaking in front of big crowds at all and and uh and everything but that there was funny because i mean i had just had which i didn't tell him this bear come after me which i filled, you know i shot it here and here when it was charging and gary yeah. was there and gary was Came over, my quiver's empty. Did you get a shot? I'm like, dude, I went, Winchester, I'm out of ammo, man. It's like, I'm not looking for blood in this field. I'm looking for an arrow so I can shoot it again. I'm not sure if it's dead. And anyway, I didn't tell um, him that whole story just because I didn't want that right. bad appearance of bow hunting. But uh, he was super cool. I mean, he was funny. We've stayed in contact since then. But yeah, I, I was cool. laughing. I thought you'd think that was, that was funny. But yeah. But uh, you were asking yesterday, we were talking about that, the Wolverine. Yeah. It's just blind luck, you know? I mean, th- as far as them being there, mm-hmm. I just, we're sitting yeah, waiting. Yeah,
1: tell on, me. You told me a little bit about the story yesterday, but I kind of, I, I want to get that breakdown. And I also want to know, like, what's a wolverine like? You put your hands on it, you know, like, were there some things? Because they're just freaks. Yeah, it was. It was taking down animals 30 way bigger than this
0: something 39 pounds maybe is what they checked it in at at the the department of wildlife you, how can you know, something
1: that small be so deadly i yeah i know well when
0: we were coming up to them they were fighting and so it was actually i tell you about it yesterday we we're sitting out the fog fog lifted i looked down and i was like are, are those wolves and i with my eyes and i could see two brown spots and, and he's like man those are wolverines and one of them's laying with his pecker straight up in the air in the sun uh when it finally broke and then they're we make sure it's legal. We make a phone call, and they leave, but they come back. And so when they come back, the rain really starts. And we go down, and I was had uh, Andy pull his boots off because he had these co boots. They're loud. And I looked at him, and I handed him my rangefinder, and I said, hey, get ready to range just in case. And he looked at me funny, and I thought we were maybe, at that time, 30 yards away. And then I heard, <laughs> and I was like, Jesus. They were like. 15 yards (laughs) in front of us and they were fighting and you could hear them just go into town, growling back and forth. I guess they'll mate with two different, uh, individuals over the course of their life is like the normal thing. Like if they lose, um, uh, their spouse or breeding partner, they'll, so I shot the smaller of the two, which was a male. So either it was a female male and one was giant or it was two males and they were actually fighting the, the one I didn't shoot was significantly bigger than the one I did shoot. And I guess the one I did shoot was pretty big. But, yeah, I, I heard um, Andrew say, you know, fuck, it, we're busted. And, and the big one was running off. I didn't know that at the time because I was crouched down. And I stood up, and uh, the one was standing there. And it was, like, maybe 12 or 14 yards. I didn't range it, and I shot it. I made a good did shot. Did it see you? No, it was looking at his buddy, like, where are you going, Fred? Okay. And uh, it ran, and I, I guessed – about 40 when it was running and I hit it. I made a crazy shot there because I hit it running at 40 and rolled it. And I thought at that time it was dead and we got down there and it was not, uh, it came at me and at about six yards, I put one beside its uh, neck and pinned it to the ground and it bit the arrow off and pulled itself off the arrow and, and then died. And, you know, at that point, I had a pretty good idea not many people had done that, but I didn't realize uh, how crazy it was. Um, I think a guy, Paul Schaefer's buddy, did the same thing, and and you put a moose tag on it um, and and shot a wolverine. And it's a cool – I mean, it's super cool. I had about a – I don't know how many people asked me if I was going to eat it, which I did not eat it nor try it, and I got a lot of flack from that. But, you know, the way I looked at it is they're giving away – You know a Wolverine will clean a basin out of goats quick and sheep or anything else. And there's enough numbers. And I know a lot of people like the the eat what you kill thing. I get that, but I highly doubt if you trap a mouse in your house, you're eating it. Um, you know, so that (laughs) there's some give and take there. Um, I get the concept. I just thought one, there's a high population of them there Two, It was one hell of a story and a cool adventure. And, um, you know something I never going to could do again, so I I put my goat tag on it. So yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. It was in the Chugach Mountains.
1: It's funny I got the same thing when I shot a wolf, and people are like, "Did you eat it?" And you know the the Idaho regulations were like, "Don't eat it." Whatever you do, it said something like uh, it has some kind of diseases that can affect your brain or something like that, and that don't eat wolf meat, or you know if you do. It's on your own, it's at your own risk. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I think that that stuff right there, you know, people don't realize that, that there's some inherent risk with that, but, but also I'm not sentimental over these kind of things. Like to me, and, and I've been like this forever, I don't have a hierarchy of animals that I value over others or where I instinctively feel like this animal should never be shot and these animals are okay to shoot. To me, it kind of reminds me. I was in Japan. I I was there for a couple years. Those people will eat anything. If it's not human, they'll eat it. You know, there's just no. They don't have any sentimental attachment to animals. It's all protein. It doesn't matter which animal it is, even if it's a dog. You know, although Japanese don't eat dogs like the Koreans do. But yeah, I've seen that happen. They don't have.
0: They burn those fuckers alive. (laughs) It's weird.
1: (laughs) But there's no. There is no sentimental – they look at our culture where we're like save the animals.
0: Yeah, they make fun
1: of And it. that Asian culture, they're not – they don't get it, you know. But when I look at a wolverine, what I care about is did the biologists, do they know how many are there? What are the regs? They're in charge of managing the species, managing that for healthy populations. If it's a legal animal to take, I think that uh, it should be taken just – anything else if if just like a deer or an elk i feel zero sentimental attachment i've gotten i've the said that self. exact
0: same thing you did before and i've had guys say oh because yeah. department of wildlife always gets it right you know make being a smart ass i'm like well you can choose oh. not to shoot it it's your choice if you fill the yeah. deer populations down don't buy a deer tag do your part right I don't have enough experience to say the Wolverine population was down or up, but they said it was legal and they needed some taken out of there, so I had zero problem volunteering for the job. And that's Rinella the same thing with Grizzly. talked about or it on whatever. a
1: podcast. Yeah. Ronella brought it up. He said, I saw Wolverine, and then he decided he wasn't going to shoot it. And he said, Well, my reason was, I just didn't want the first Wolverine I ever saw. I didn't want to shoot it. I, I want to just watch it. And, you know, if, maybe if I see another one down the road, I'll, I'll shoot that one. I and I can understand being don't suffer from that moral dilemma. Watching it, yeah. But I was thinking they're not mutually exclusive. I can watch it and then I can shoot it. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I watched it for about two but hours I, to find out if it was legal. That was plenty enough for me. <laughs>
1: yeah, for me, again, I I wondered about that though because there's a lot of people who consider it such a rare animal, such a rare occurrence, and and there's so little known about them. You know, and they are so different the way they range so many miles and the way such a small animal can be such a fierce predator. I've seen some of those wolverines take down full grown caribou just by jumping on their face.
0: Yeah. So here's my shtick on the hypocrisy of it all. And this isn't everyone, but one person specifically that I'm friends with gave me grief about not eating it. And I was at dinner with them. And you know how um, Brian Brodick's a good example. He'll order... Two meals, eat three bites from each, and waste the food, right? Some people are like that. They don't eat their whole meal. So if you're going to give me crap about not eating a wolverine, but you order a, I don't know, ribeye, and you leave Mm -hmm. three-quarters of that ribeye on the plate, no one else is eating it. It gets thrown away. So different but the same. So you shoot an animal, and you don't take it home. It's illegal. It's wanton waste or whatever the hell they call it. Mm -hmm. Yep. But you can order all the food you want from a diner and waste it all. Nobody blinks an eye, and it's like that's a bit hypocritical. The amount of food wasted in the United States, and it's not the same, but there's some parallels there. Yeah, that okay, you're a okay to waste a bunch of meat, leave bacon in the fridge too long, leave whatever that animal was alive at one time. You'll waste that meat, but God forbid I didn't yeah. eat a wolverine. I'm the devil.
1: I, I got well, the issue I think with that I think there is. Uh, everyone recognizes that killing to eat is is normal because we all do it we all eat eat, you know hunt to live or you know we all we all kill to eat so that's you just you can't avoid that that's part of being a human being whether you even if you're a vegetarian you're still impacting animals by virtue of your crops you grow and all the animal and landscape that you you take over to do that it's all you I think Rogan has has said that um, basically human beings, um, life takes, eats life. That's just, that's how it goes. But so people, I think, recognize that it is beneficial. Like they're okay with killing to eat. Where it gets sticky is anytime you're not going to eat it. And it gets touchy for people if you're going to say, yeah, I think it's okay to kill for other reasons other than because you're going to eat it. Yeah. But I I think there are a lot, I think there's a lot of valid reasons to kill, you know, like for instance, coyotes or wolves or something from the resource as a, as a pelt, you know, as much as people just despise that idea, it is a naturally recurring resource. We were (laughs) hunting this last year and I got these beaver hats that, that we made out of these beaver and it was pretty cool. Um, super warm, amazing what fur feels like, you know, on your head and, it is a useful material now are you going to eat a wolf you know are you going to eat a but you're not but at the same time they're on the landscape there's plenty of them you can harvest them for other reasons and it does it does impact you know predator management is uh perfectly reasonable reason to hunt game yeah i just you
0: know people aren't it's is versed in those you know, certain aspects of, of the outdoors or the outdoor industry or hunting. And, yeah. and so, and I, a pretty dynamic crowd here in Colorado. And so anytime I can hop on a, you know, whatever a box and say, Hey, you know, this is kind of how it works. Something to think about. I do it. I, you know, yep. try to be as pleasant as I can about it. I, I, um, you know, as far as There's a lot of hypocrisy. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I get a few people like at natural grocers that I've become friends with because I'm in there all the time buying kombucha and freaking peanut butter bars. And, you know, I'm like, how come you don't quit your job? <laughs> you sell meat here. And they're You're like, right. what? And I'm like, you you sell meat here. You you actually are, are an advocate of killing it with your paycheck. And you can see they don't even know what to say. And I'm like, y- you are actually the broker of death. And they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm like. You're brokering the deal between the person eating the meat and they are like, man, you're totally right. And I don't know if anybody will ever quit. And I'm like, but just because you don't choose to do it doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. Maybe in your views it is, but it's kind of a live and let live world. And as there's lots of dead chickens and beef back there, I mean, it's obviously, you know, well, it's free range. I'm like, so it died differently? (laughs) does that have to do with it you know um and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with eating beef i'm just like hey there's meat here and you're selling it to people and you don't seem to have any issue with that but i'm a hunter i'm a bad guy but it bringing things like that up definitely wakes them up and they're like man you're you're right and and which is i think is good
1: yeah rogan's really good at that he's been great for that yeah tell me what a wolverine is like is it dense
0: yeah, just, like, it, you, you, it heavy? just yeah, heavy, like like dense muscle mass. What it reminded yeah. me of is one of those 165 pound dudes that can bench 380, like not an ounce yeah. of fat on them, just just straight lean, dense muscle. You know, I was I've shot badgers, and it's just a bigger mm-hmm. version of a of a badger. You know, and I sent you some some photos, and it wasn't like I wasn't surprised in any way. Like it wasn't overly bigger than I thought, or you know, the claws and mm-hmm. the teeth were about what I thought. It's just you don't see them very often. And I saw a couple in the Northwest Territories, and I, I think I saw one in Idaho once, but you don't see them very often. But in reality, you know, it's talking to people, you don't see bears very often either. You know, you do no. see them, but, you know, a lot of that is is where they live, how they live, where they're at. It's just they're not in as populated of areas. So I think if they lived in more populated areas, you'd probably see them a little bit more. You know, up there, you know, it just rains a lot in that mountain range. So... The terrain going in there, I it was kind of a joke. Like I was expecting this torrential, horrific, god awful hike, and it was relatively painless and easy where we went. It wasn't that bad. But I will say, you know, and they don't—they don't always have clients that are, um, you know, because I haven't went on that many guided, you know, hunts. I think there's a perception yeah. of which that part of the, you know. Like Scott in Texas, I'm friends with Scott. I'm not paying an outfitter to guide me. It, he's just an outfitter. He's my buddy, and then I, I guide for him. Well, that's one that was truly an outfitted guided hunt. I mean, no way around it. I mean, I couldn't go out there and hunt right there without, without one. So yeah, I think people get perceptions because maybe other people in the outdoor industry that a lot of these hunts, if you become friends with somebody that has private land, and you're hunting on it, they, that's okay. But if you, you're hunting with a buddy who's an outfitter, all of a sudden everything's kind of given to you. And I'm not defending anything I've done because I don't give a shit. I just wanted to go hunting. But I, that was the an reality, outfitted hunt.
1: Yeah, the reality for me is uh, as I went out with guys like Lander, every, you know, even Dustin Rowe, Tannis and Doran, the, everybody that I've gone with who was a guide has become my friend. And we still hang out and talk today it's and it's funny because there's no question those are some of the coolest people I've been able to hang out with are people who guide hunts yeah good they have good stories and, and so it doesn't feel <laughs> it feels no different in that regard it's not like especially if you have experience it's not like they're telling you what to do yeah. they're just like yeah it's your hunt you know and they stand back and uh, so it's not this it's not like you're really Heavily relying on uh, them to to help you do it, it's like you're hunting with your buddy. Yeah. who's like invited you to come. Um, I I think the issue with the pri- with the prop with the, some of that stuff is it's like these are hunts that have a lot of uh, there's not a lot of difference between drawing a tag that took you I don't know seven eight years to draw and then going on or going on your buddy's private property in Kansas. You know, in hunting there, you're, you're doing the same thing with a draw hunt as you do when you have the income to less, pay for a less pressure, special hunt. Yeah. you get Less pressure. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, a, that's it. It's just less pressure.
0: I got, I think I told you this yesterday, but I had a, I do Q and A's once every couple of weeks and I had a guy, you know, are you going to go hunt public land for whitetails this year and prove the doubters wrong? And I was like, what, what do you mean? And he's like, well, that you can <laughs> kill as many animals on public as you can on private as many whitetails i'm like oh no they're right like <laughs> there's no pre- why do you think i hunted that land it was easier i i was, didn't really know what to say because i was like hell no i can't i mean maybe in some areas but as far as like like texas yeah there is no really public i think one percent or two percent mm-hmm. of te- i'm
1: like hell no i'm not hunts. gonna go they're, do it they're different hunts man and i don't begrudge anybody if they can do both you know if they can go on one or the others like I know a lot of dudes back East. That's just, it's also really culturally accepted over there. It's just, we have so much public land on the West and we're kind of arrogant about it that uh, we look down our noses at anyone who doesn't hunt that hunts on a, on a private piece of property. You know, at the end of the day, Aaron, it's all just kind of uh wiener measuring.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I get, you like, know, I get where the principle comes from. It's wrapping my head around how, one of the comments, uh, that a negative one towards me, I read somewhere was, yeah, go buy a Kafaru pack so that douche can go on more guided hunts. And I'm like, obviously you're thinking I'm going on a lot more than I am. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> this douche isn't going on as many as he'd like to. Um, and, uh, cause I, I, well with landers, obviously that's one. And then I'll go with Bart, which is not, it's just a buddy, right? I, I was friends yeah. with Bart much longer than before I hunted with him. But and, and I'm not defending myself by any means. I'm just saying if I and Jake Downs and I talk a lot about this, he's a trad guy, super lethal dude. And Jake's like, OK, I have to work 14 hours a day and it worked my ass off. He owns an electrical company to and make yeah. payments for a couple of years. There's a lot of people that talk shit that could do the same thing. Jake's just yep. willing to buy it, drive an old beat up truck. And make those payments because he's very committed to it. He's like, I don't have, I'm not apologizing. He's like, he's going on a grizzly bear hunt or a brown bear hunt. Well, he may not be now, but he was supposed to in June. Right. And, um, because of this Corona thing, but he's like, man, I paid this thing off for three years. I'm not yeah. in, embarrassed or shy over that. Well, like,
1: anytime someone has, anytime we do comparison, you know, it's easy to look at someone else's life and become jealous, you know, stop. If you stop comparing yourself to someone else, this goes away. All of it goes away. And at the end of the day, what's great is uh, to be able to just go out and do what you love to do. And someone say, if you're going to share it, say that was a great hunt. It, it's one thing if you're hiding the ball, right? If you're hiding the ball, if you're if you're going out and you're doing a, a hunt with lander, but you're like, no, this is totally, you know, unguided public land or something. That that's where I think. it – It, uh, it can be criticized if you act like something that it's not, but if you're not hiding the ball and you're straightforward as hunters, we should value both types of hunts and you shouldn't be jealous because someone else has more means than you just work your ass off, get more means or, or just be content with your life.
0: You know, and this is while we're doing this kumbaya moment, I think that people, (laughs) the, the, the moral of this story, whether, whether you like Brian and hate me or like me and hate Brian. (laughs) As you're listening, you're gonna hear what you want to of, of this because that's what people do. Yeah. As an example, which you know my background, I, I slept on a Thermarest air pad for three years. Uh, I lived in a when I first met you, I lived in a tiny little apartment. Um, yeah. And uh, I and I'm not saying that is like I sacrifice. That's all I could afford. Right. It wasn't like I was sacrificing to go hunting. That's <laughs> that's all I could afford, and I hunted a, a lot. It was and, a tiny
1: little house. Yeah. Little apartment.
0: Oh yeah, it was and I was I, I, I can I'm one of those guys that can pretty much live anywhere, but I never well, like right now my my credit score is like a, a six eighty, I think. Now yeah. I don't mind I, I make pretty damn good money now and have for uh you know, the last four or five years. And I made good I made ninety grand or so in construction, not horrible. Yeah. I've always paid everything in cash. I'm finding out that's bad because I've I've uh recently (laughs) applying for different things they want you to to be broken in debt to give you money yeah my debt to income ratio i I don't have any debt so my debt to income ratio is pretty astronomical because i just never debted myself into the ground but like as they're explaining this to me coming from my i'm like so let me get this right i need to owe a shitload of money to people for you to give me money but since i don't owe any money to people you're not going to give me any is that How that works, you know? (laughs) And so or not as much, right?
1: I think Dave Ramsey said your credit score is not an indication of your wealth. You know, it's not an indication of your financial well-being. It's an indication of how much debt you can manage.
0: Well, and that's a hundred percent true, because they're like, Well, you don't have any history and whatever, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, but I also don't have any history of being a dumb fuck. Um I'm like, (laughs) you know, so wouldn't you say that it takes as much discipline to save enough money to buy a vehicle in cash as it does to pay off debt? Like, well, the banks yeah. don't look at it that way. And it's not that I wasn't able, you know, it's basically for a bit, we're buying a bigger house, but I was like, so let me get this right. Amy has a lot of debt and doesn't make much money. And her credit score is significantly better than mine, but I pay all her bills. That doesn't make very much sense to me. I'm like, <laughs> And the the (laughs) loan officer's laughing his ass off because I was like, and Amy was too, because I'm not saying Amy doesn't make money, but I'm like, with what I make, I pay off everything and still have of her bills, you know, and I still have a lot of money left. And, uh, and she, you know, she's selling houses, but I'm like, so right now, um, what you're telling me is I have to go get a discount, which I did. I go got new tires on my truck and, and go get all these different loans for you to believe me that I'm capable of paying those, even though I've proven from my bank account, which you've seen, I'm able to save that money. And he was like, yeah, hundred percent. And I'm like, we live in a fucked up world. I
1: was (laughs) crazy. Yeah. I I do think that they can do like a cash basis kind of loan or something like that. I can't, I can't remember, but generally I heard that's just for buying a house. So if you are debt free and you've been debt free for a long time, you got to go through an alternative method of uh, determining, you know, how much you're, Credit, uh, how, how much you can borrow? Yeah, it's messed up. There's there's a culture of debt in our country that is just like right now with this whole coronavirus thing, and people, uh, you know, they're, they're they're paycheck to paycheck, literally. I I can't remember what that was like because Suzanne and I have a stout savings account, three to six months worth of expenses covered in a savings account, and we have, and we've tried to, you know, we have very Almost no debt at all. So we – it's amazing when you don't have debt how little income you really need. It's also amazing how much we spend on kombucha and peanut butter bars. But That's my problem. In uh, Copenhagen. <laughs> but it, it, I, 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 I experience a lot less stress because I got out of debt just before I met you and uh, built up a savings account just before I met you. Really, a few years before – and it uh, gave me so much freedom, and even now, I don't have anything to pay, you know, if we other than our uh, our payment on the home each month. And so, otherwise, it's like, well, they could cut off your electricity, they could turn off your water, they could, but no one's going to die here, or I'm not going to, my, I don't won't have, have a, be affected by my credit score uh, because where there's a lot of people right now, I think, just freaking out about this recession coming. Yeah. But if you didn't have any debt and you had a big savings account and it, life is a lot less stressful, but it's hard because we live in a culture that just pumps you with giving you credit cards and just buy this and finance that. And, and, uh, it's hard to get out of that rat race.
0: Well, and I'll, I will be the, you know, first to, to say like, I'm not bragging about the fact is the thing that, that I never had debt. Cause some people have to have debt. I, I just, one tried to, because I was so paranoid to get debt, that I just yeah. tried to always stay away from it, and, and and kind of you know side jobs, whatever kind of found a way, and and because of my stubbornness, honestly, it probably uh, was to my detriment at certain times as far as not, you know, getting a loan or whatever. But I, you know, I figured it out, and now looking back, I'm like, huh, maybe I should have had a lot more debt because I I didn't um I didn't foresee this being you know an, an issue, and we we were approved. <laughs> jointly for for quite a bit as far as with a house but i was during that process i was literally maybe enamored's not the right word but more like uh <laughs> like you're shitting me uh you'll give amy more money and she makes a fraction of what i make because she's been in debt forever that sucks right. you know <laughs> but yeah anyway I it know. uh because we live it, i like up in the mountains i like it where we're you know, where we're at up there in the house, but you know, and Amy's a realtor. So she's and it's for her. It's like clothes shopping. She loves looking at houses. She'll go look at 15 <laughs> houses, in, you know, in, in a week. Right. Um, even though we may not be buying one, she's looking at them and, uh, really my thing has nothing to do with the house. It has to do with the man cave and the amount of three D's I can fit on the land <laughs> for my, my archery course, which right now yeah. I got a pretty pimp set up where I'm, you know, where I'm at as far as the shooting or whatever, but I, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. The other thing too, with this, man, we're diving, diving down a deep rabbit hole here, knowing like my, my, my grandpa and how they lived and, and he went through the depression and how resourceful he was, uh, you know, as far as if you live in poverty and there's no choice for a long time, you're very grateful for what you have. And, and, and obviously I was, I was raised that way in a lot of ways. Um, and then, as you see different cultures and timelines and generations, it's different. It's a lot different, unless you, now. Now, in some, I'm, some. I'm not saying it's mutually exclusive or whatever, but you will find, you know, some people raised maybe on a farm or 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 cattle ranchers that are a little bit different. But overall, I was quite amazed at how many people were like, "Who's going to yank me out of this hole?" of the coronavirus where I'm like, eh. I went through the depression, like an Oh eight Oh nine in construction. And I remember claiming nine yeah. on my taxes to have my whole check. Cause I wasn't going to make it. And I was like, I split firewood. I roofed houses. I did whatever. And this isn't like mm-hmm. a me, me I'm bragging. It was just the way I was raised. There's yeah. a lot of people that are different. Like that. Now it's like, who's going to pull me out of this hole. I'm like, well, you could pull yourself out of it. Maybe, you know, like
1: <laughs> so it's weird. I mean, it's, these things, uh, they teach us these, these struggles, you know. I, I agree with you. There's some folks are going to have to sell a truck. Some, yeah. some dudes are going to have to get rid of a toy hauler. So some people are going to have to cut back. And at the end of the day, though, I think everything you own owns a little bit of you. Yeah. So it is kind of refreshing living a more minimalist lifestyle. I, I kind of voyeuristically watch all those guy, people that live in vans yeah (laughs) like i follow these youtubers (laughs) and all these instagram people who live in vans because that's it it's paid for and they just drive around they can go over what they want and sleep wherever they want i that appeals to me that's that's my personality and less stress and uh yeah i just need a few things
0: yeah you know because i've tried to raise my daughter the same way where i'm like you know if you're into you know photography get good camera gear don't worry right. about everything else. Like, you know, we have nice toys like? there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm very blessed now. And but like I told her, I said, work real hard. If you want a camera, get that camera, but don't get a car payment and don't get, you know, all this other stuff Focus on what you love. And I said, so if that means traveling and taking pictures, focus on getting a good camera gear and travel because you're, you're not going to get another yeah. chance. Like when you're young, you're, you, you usually piss away youth. Uh, what's that saying? Uh, Youth is wasted on the young, or whatever. Um yeah. So I'm trying to like, hey, in these younger years, do as much as you you can before you get locked down on on stuff. And for me, I've I've been a feather in the wind for a long time. I don't mind. I just like cool shit. I like cool experiences. I, I like that, and that's more important to me than when you look at like the the quality time, quality experiences. This lockdown happened. I'm like. Yeah, I'm going to go backpacking a lot. Like, you know, my mind isn't necessarily on what other people's minds are. My mind's on, you know, I'm just going to take advantage of this and make the best out of it as I can because I don't want to panic and make my life miserable by worrying. And some people have to. I'm not taking away anything from that. I'm just glad that I can focus on maybe the good side and and maybe hopefully help people get through it by watching what I'm doing while they're stuck at home.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think that, you know, we'll we'll figure out how this goes at the at the end of the day we're going to get through it it's going to suck you know you know uh, it, there is a recession we're going to feel it soon you just can't shut down everything like this and then and then be fine at the same time i don't think it's going to be we'll get through it just like we did in other recessions you know we'll get yeah. through it and then we'll be back
0: yeah cuz i like in 08 09 it didn't take that long you know it took a little bit to get going yeah. again but I, you know, hopefully, you know, if you look at like the stock market, it looks more like a V, you know, hopefully we have yeah. this giant drop and then this giant rise fairly quickly. I'm, hoping. I'm, I'm wondering if it's, it's just what people are waiting for good news. Like, you know, I've yeah. got probably no shit. 25 people messaged me this morning. They went to buy their Nebraska turkey tags and Nebraska locked the site down. You cannot buy tags out of state. And wow. so- you know, that, that's not good news, right? All these people that no. were hoping during the lockdown they could go turkey hunting. Colorado issued a statement yesterday, $500 fine if you're caught fishing or, or turkey hunting in the lockdown.
1: Yeah, I saw that. And, you that's-
0: know, so for me, I'm just like, oh, well, you're not going to ticket me because I will hike farther and you will not find me. Because <laughs> um, I'm like, how could you hike in four miles to give me a ticket? That's the most social distancing I possibly could do. Because if you're home, right. you may need to go fit food or fuel. If I backpack in, I, I, a game warden will not like me if he tries to give me a ticket because I'm social distancing better than anyone by living in a tent four miles in. If he's trying to give me a ticket yeah. for that, I'm like, that's b- bullshit. But I get it if you're like lumped up in, you know, one little lake in town.
1: Yeah, it's so hard to tell what the right thing to do is right now. It's hard to tell. Are we overreacting or is this underreacting? What's the appropriate thing? because we just don't have enough information and you know, we might look back on this and go, Oh yeah, this was way overblown. Or we might go, we just didn't, we were naive. It's hard to say.
0: Well, I kind of look at it like, uh, since you went through the whole thing, the common law divorce, maybe I should have just paid her right up front and got it over with. (laughs) And it may have been, maybe we should have gone on lockdown for three weeks immediately and it would only been three. Now it may drag on to something more. And we, you don't know. And I'm not a doctor or a scientist. I yeah. just, my thing is I just, I'm about drinking hand sanitizer, and right? I'm trying to sanitize my hands all the time and stay away from people. And then we live in a bubble up there. So, you know, I go snowshoe and do cardio and and just, I, I'm trying to stay as positive as I can because you can't get online and stay positive. You might want to shoot yourself. If yeah. You watch the news.
1: You know, and back to that recession in 2008, I had, um, for like four or five years, I had built homes I, I owned a construction company and i and and then travis and i brother-in-law we had bought oversized lots flag lots and in, in built flag lots in portland flipped homes yeah and then we took all that money over that period of time you know we'd make twenty, forty thousand dollars on a home we'd flip we take that and we bought all this land in in uh gresham in oregon there and uh the plan was this we were going to build um, like eight row homes on this corner block, and we had purchased this property, and we'd been in, putting all of our money into that one investment, and uh, we were going to walk away with a lot of money. And they were giving loans away for houses. You know, At you remember time, yeah. 2005, six, seven, like. Yeah. So here we are. We finally got everything approved through through the county or for, through the city to build, and everything was green lighted. And uh, we got a loan from a bank, and we didn't like the interest rate. So we were like, "Nah, we're not going to take this one, and we went to the next bank. By the time we got, kind of settled uh, on to the next thing, the banks all shut down. Remember how they cut, shut down all construction loans? Yeah. Like oh, yeah, almost overnight. We were building
0: big high-rises that were left half done because <laughs> as they yeah. draw loans out. And here man. I
1: am just like <laughs> – we're just sitting with this giant financial obligation – with no houses on it, and we had taken all of our money over the, all these years and put them into that one giant subdivision project, and I ended up through the course of the next three or four years, I just lost all my money. Yeah, you know, we didn't even break even. We didn't. We we walked away with probably half of the money that we had dollars we had put in or less, like twenty five percent. And you know, it sucks because my life today could be totally different if I had made the half a million I expected to make, but it's, you, we got through it. At the end of the day, I, I wouldn't change my life, you know? And so I think that's just something to keep, keep in mind. These, these, these recessions are going to come, you'll get through it. Yeah. You might, you might not be where you wanted to be, but you never know where life will take you. Yeah.
0: And I, I, for me, since, life is fairly simple i just want to go live in the woods it's not too hard to make me I know happy so that me too difficult
1: all i've wanted to do for the last few months is just get away get out of the go go in the, the woods and hunt it's i got my first bear hunt coming up here real soon and as long as everything goes as planned i'll be out for a week or two in the in the wilds filming and hunting bears and it'll just be nice to unplug hopefully the, this whole virus thing doesn't doesn't shut down the hunt.
0: That's what Rob Patuto. He's a, he has the Stickbow Chronicles, and I'm gonna. Sounds like we're gonna fly in or float or something. I don't know, but anyway, it, he sent me a message. Looks like I can make it there right now. Um, and for Idaho, and then do do that hunt because I had a hunt in Alberta with Donnie, and that's not gonna happen for black bear uh, just because you can't go up there for that. I guess I could try and sneak through, but one thing I was telling Amy was like. I mean, I can't imagine, I guess they could close down trailheads or, you know, but I'm like, you know, depending upon how long this lasts and how stringent it gets, I mean, for me, I'm like, we'll just go backpacking. You know, I, I say, I'll, I mean, I don't mind going for 14 days and coming back and go seeing a new area and taking cool photos during this time. And then you're not spending money, uh, either. So and it looks like there's going to be a lot of loans coming through and things like that, as as far as like yeah bailouts or whatever Boost. you want to call it, yeah. Yeah, economy boosting. So uh, yeah, man, I probably should get off this thing because we yeah, talk, we probably talk do. a while. My phone is going nutty, and I, I got people walking by in the office. There's a couple of people paying it or came in. We had some military contracts we had to to try and fill with everybody because you know it's, for us we could keep building and shipping, but. You, know, you only have so much material and foam and buckles and uh, the suppliers yeah. shut down too. So luckily since our stuff's here, uh, meaning, you know, yeah. in the U S we had a little bit of pull, but yeah, it is, it is crazy because I'm like, you know, we've like worked for when we can get back in or if we have to break down like 50% capacity for shift work. And uh, but then we had a couple bombs dropped about certain things where we were lucky to be able to find another, source for that material but yeah i was literally like trying to project the future i'm like yeah this one's gonna be hard to project like this gonna be hard to know what's coming
1: everyone's in the same boat for the most part so i i feel like if we just foreclose on everything we'd all be there needs to be a little grace here i guess you know
0: yeah yeah i think it'll be good like i said i think it'll come out of it so yeah
1: thanks for having me on man cool man, cool, man. all right we'll take it easy i appreciate it you too bye later Aaron.